Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Praise God for being an overcomer. That's God's will always. Whatever situation you find yourself in, Never assume that it was somehow God's will for you to be defeated, overwhelmed, or, or, or overcome. No, He always causes us to triumph, the Scripture said. And that's true. That's right. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. And let's see what He has to say to us today. Father, all of us agree. <clears throat> it's touching these things. Asking you for grace, for strength, for utterance, for anointing, for insight and revelation uh, of your word and, and the light of your truth, for the quickening of your spirit, uh, enlightening our darkness and delivering us from deception and confusion. For we know, as it's written, the truth will make us free. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again, a series we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And let's continue. If you haven't been with us for the previous sessions, we've, uh, we've covered a lot of ground for a number of days, a few weeks now. First of all, we, we called it uh, Faith That Overcomes. And uh, then we begin this series, Overcoming Unbelief. So there's several previous lessons. You can go to faithschool.org and get them all. Watch them at your convenience. No charge, no cost. And it will benefit you because uh, what we're doing now is built on the foundation of that. You'll get more out of now if you know that. In Hebrews, the third chapter in verse 10, it says, Wherefore, God said, I was grieved with that generation, talking about the first generation of Israelites that he delivered out of Egyptian slavery that's recorded in Exodus and, and, and Numbers. He said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. When the scripture says, take heed, what should we do? Ignore it? No. Go, okay, whatever, no big deal. No, what, how do you take heed? That's a King James phrase. How do you take heed? Two things I know will help us in this. Take it seriously and take it personally. Are you all awake, class? The Lord says, take heed. What does that mean? Watch out. Beware, be, be warned and cautioned about this. 
Well, I don't need to ignore that and act like it doesn't matter or act like it doesn't apply to me. I need to immediately go, okay, this is serious. I need to pay attention to this. And it applies to me. Everybody say it out loud, take it seriously. Take it personally. So that's what we're doing. That's why we're taking so much time to look at these things. We're taking it seriously. He warns us about unbelief. And we take it personally, realizing, like the Scripture said, it could happen to us if, if we don't do something differently than what they did. He said, uh, verse 13, exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. The Scripture said, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And that word patience is, can be translated accurately, perseverance, or also endurance. If everything happened immediately, you don't need endurance, right? You don't need perseverance if everything happens even you know, by the end of the day or by the end of the week. Uh, and what he's saying to them is they just got delivered out of... Uh, Egyptian slavery and bondage. And that didn't happen overnight. That took a little while. In fact, at one point, Moses was frustrated. And, uh, you know, when he went before Pharaoh and said, you know, God says, let my people go. And, and he says, who is Jehovah that I should listen to him? And, and he made the people's life more bitter and required the same level of work without giving, giving them their supplies and, and all of that. And so, man, the people were just distraught. And so Moses goes back to uh, uh, God and goes, look, these people are ready to stone me, and, and you hadn't delivered them at all. And, and in fact, this situation's worse than when we started. And you will see it looks like that and feels like that and is like that many times, but that doesn't mean a thing. God's not surprised. He's not shocked. Did he get them out of Egypt? Yes. yes. And so just because they got frustrated because it didn't happen as quickly as they wanted it to and as easily as they wanted it to, why would you need to fight the good fight of faith if it was always just nothing and easy and no obstacle? No. You got to know that you've heard from God and you got to make up your mind, no, this is what's going to happen. And even if it looks like it's going the wrong way, <laughs> you don't change because God hasn't changed and the word hasn't changed. You cannot allow yourself to be moved by what you see and by what you feel. And that's what he's saying. He said, uh, we are made partakers if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end while it is said Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Now that word provoke means to, to irritate, to, um, to wear on. And this is talking about irritating God. <laughs> He's the one they provoked. I don't want to irritate God. Do you? I don't want him to be irritated with my behavior or for me to try his patience. 
He is the great God. His patience is so long. But at the same time, why should he have to wait on me? <laughs> right? Why should he have to tell me another 300 times when I understood it the first time? Are y'all with me, class? These things are real. And that's what we're talking about. That's what they did. And he's telling us, don't do that. Don't be like them. Don't act like that, which means you don't have to. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief robbed them of cities they didn't build. Houses filled with good things they didn't fill. Wells they didn't dig. Uh, orchards and vineyards and olive trees they didn't plant. Robbed them of basically a dream life. <laughs> Can you see this? Well, why is he talking, if that's just ancient history and got nothing to do with us, why is he bringing it up in the New Testament? Verse, the next verse, chapter 4 and 1, he says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Is he saying the same thing can happen to you if you yield to this ugly thing called unbelief? So we are here at Faith School, we're on a crusade. Is that right? To stamp out <laughs> unbelief, to eradicate <laughs> Um, we have a zero tolerance policy <laughs> with unbelief. And that, so if you're resisting it and standing against it, what are, what are we standing against? What does it look like? What does it sound like? You, you'd have to know. Or elsewise, it could be going on and you're not even dealing with it because you're not calling that unbelief. Go back with me to Exodus, the, uh, the 14th chapter. And we're taking these... Uh, Events that happened, there were 10 of them. I'm sure there were other little things, but there were 10 major happenings where the people that God delivered out of Egypt should have trusted him, and they chose not to until it got to the point where the Lord knew they're not going to change, and so they, they didn't go into the promised land. The first one was here at the Red Sea. They've only been out of Egypt few days. And the Lord let them know. He said, Pharaoh is going to come after you. But he gave them the word. In verse 4, he said, I'm going to be honored on Pharaoh and on all his host. And the Egyptians are going to know that I am the Lord. Well, that sounds like a good outcome for us, doesn't it? Is there is something here you could put your faith on? It is. Because the Lord had said that before. That's the same language he used when Pharaoh kept saying, no, he's not letting the people go. And the Lord's, and when even Moses went to God early on and said, look, this is just making things worse. These people are so upset and you haven't delivered them at all. And the Lord said that he was going to get honor over Pharaoh and all of their gods and all of their stuff. Well, they saw what happened. He did. And there was triumph over triumph over triumph. And here they are delivered when nobody would have thought they're ever getting out of there. And so he says a similar thing. There is substance here 
to stand on. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that word substance has to do with the ground or the foundation. Faith has to have a foundation. And faith in God is, is based on what he said. That's the fact. How, why am I expecting something to happen? Because he said something was going to happen, right? It's as simple as that. But in verse 10, when they saw, when it actually started happening, they could see, they could see miles and miles away the giant dust cloud and the vast, for there were hundreds and hundreds of chariots, horsemen, and many more footmen, and they are well equipped, they are well trained, and they're mad, and they're hurt, and they're upset, and they are coming to take some vengeance out on the Israelites. And verse 10, when they saw it, they were sore afraid. When they saw the Egyptians marching after them, they were sore afraid. One translation said they were terrified. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses. Now they didn't cry out in faith. They cried out in panic. And they're expressing to Moses their sentiment towards God. And this is what they said. I'm going to read this to you from the, the NIV translation it said, verse 11, they said, was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Why are we camping on this class? Why, why are we looking at this again? This is evil unbelief. This is how it talks. This is the way it chooses and goes. And what are we doing? We're making up our mind, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to talk like this. I'm not going to think like this. I'm not going to react like this. What's wrong with this? Do people talk like this ever? <laughs> huh? Sarcastic. Huh? Sarcastic. See, sarcasm is saying the opposite of what you mean. And it's accompanied with a bite and a disrespect. Said out loud, unbelief, unbelief is, fearful. is fearful. We see that. What else? Said out loud, unbelief, unbelief is, disrespectful. is disrespectful. Boy, this is a big one. This is a big one. If you are to get miracles from God, if you are to have God's manifestation of his good things in your life, you've got to show some respect to God, to his word, to his things, to his people. You can't have this kind of attitude. And just because something's not, you know, something scary and something you, you don't see how it's all going to work out, well, it's time for faith. It's time to to trust what he said. What did he say? You got a word and you've seen 10 amazing signs and wonders already over the previous months that got you out. You got a lot of reason to believe. And yet, sarcasm, disrespect. Let me read it to you again. L listen to it. Why am I reading this to you? 
We're identifying this. Is that right? We're getting markers. And when we hear this kind of language and when we hear this kind of tone, we're going to go, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, mm-mm, stop that. Whether it's coming out of your mouth or somebody else, you can't control them, but you don't have to hang around them and listen to it. Hmm? Mm Mm-mm. Was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? We saw unbelief is fearful. Unbelief is disrespectful. Here's a big one. Unbelief is unthankful. Why did you bring us out? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. God didn't bring you out there to kill you in the desert. That was never the plan. Well, where are they getting this? The enemy. He's feeding this to them. And they're foolishly buying it. Can you see that? They're foolishly just swallowing it. And, and regurgitating it and spitting it out. The enemy's going, y'all going to die out here. Y'all going to die out here. Then what do they say? We're all going to die out here. We're all going to Just parroting what wrong spirits are feeding to them. And you don't have to see a spirit to know that it's active and something going on. You, when thoughts and feelings come to you that sound like this, this sarcasm, this disrespect, this negative, we're all going to die, nothing's going to work, there's just no way. That's the enemy. That's the devil. What do you do with that? You resist it. Somebody say resist it. Resist. You, you resist it. You, I mean, you call it. We're all going to die out here. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> Are y'all with me? And I mean, don't play with it. Because this is life and death. This is going in or dying in the desert. It's being decided right here. You can't play with this. You've got to be strong. No, we're not going to die out here. You know, what we saw in previous studies, when they got to the 10th uh, one of these episodes in Numbers, uh, Numbers 14, that's exactly what Caleb and Joshua did, what we're talking about right now. They said, oh man, there's giants, there's walled cities, we'll all die here, we're like grasshoppers, this is a place where you and your kids will die. And Caleb said, hush, quit, quit. No, listen, God is with us. Their defense has departed from them. Let's go get it. Let's go now. What a difference. You talk about uh, night and day, right? We're all going to die out here. No, let's go get it now. How much difference is that? That's unbelief. We're all going to die out here. No need to even try. Faith says, God's with us. It's going to be, he said, their defense has departed from them. They're bread for us. We'd say, piece of cake. Piece Piece of bread. Piece of cake. Why? Yeah, but they're giants. Yeah, but they have no defense. God is not with them. He's with us. What is a giant to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth? And later on, we saw a giant was nothing. You know, how how many giants you seen lately? They all got wiped out. (laughs) Can you see that? And that was going to happen all along. But um, these guys expressing 
venting this bitter, this caustic, this disrespectful disrespect. Faith is always showing honor, showing gratitude, because faith remembers. This is another one we're getting to. Unbelief forgets. Unbelief forgets what God has done. And you'll see this coming up because in the Psalms, maybe we'll look at this some later, but Psalm 105, Psalm 106, Psalm 78, some of these, he brings that up. He says they, they forgot what God had done for them. They forgot about all the signs and wonders in Egypt. And even after this, they forgot about the Red Sea. And they forgot. Thing after thing. Unbelief has no memory. <laughs> Unbelief forgets. And that shows to forget something shows you don't value it. Because what you value, what you appreciate, you remember. Is that right? And you not only remember it, you remember to be thankful for it. And to express that gratitude. And express that thanks. The Bible talks about in Romans, the first chapter, that if you're unthankful, it darkens your heart. And your understanding. One of the worst things that could happen to a person is to become unthankful and to forget about all the things, good things that have happened for them and just focus on what they want and don't have and can't do and that kind of thing. It gets darker and darker and darker. But on the other hand, the scripture said, in his light, we see light. And, and in uh, thanking God is light. Talking about what he has done and what he has given you and, and what you see. And being thankful for that, well, in that light, that's how you get other light to the things that you hadn't seen and the things you weren't able to do. But, but pulling back and laying down and feeling sorry for yourself and, 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 and blaming everybody and, and being unthankful and being disrespectful, that is a dark pit. And that's how people get suicidal. You, it, it gets worse and worse and worse. And people can, they can blame everybody in the world except themselves as to why they're not being able to do what they want to do. But what's actually keeping them out? What? This evil stuff. Hebrews 3 referred to as unbelief. That's what's keeping them out. Same thing that kept them out. Somebody say, by the grace of God, by the grace of God I, won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. He said, uh, uh, they, they're saying, you know, it's because there were no graves. You brought us out here to die. What have you done to us? Didn't we tell you, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. Verse 13, Moses said to the people, fear ye not, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. And you hold your peace. Well, man, how much detail you got now? Do they have anything to stand on? Yes. Yeah, they do. Everybody should have gone, whoo, praise God. <laughs> Even if you weren't sure about what he said about getting honor over the Egyptians, how plain do you need it? I mean, he said, God's going to fight for you. 
These Egyptians, you, all, you see all that crowd coming? You're never going to see them again today. Why? God's going to fight for you. But the Amplified says it like this. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to keep silent and remain calm. Notice the two words. Fear not and then be still. That word be still can also be translated be quiet and be calm. And that's, that's their part. They don't have to work the miracle. They don't have to part the Red Sea. They, they don't have to. They can't. That's not their part. But they do have a part. What's the part? Shut up. Is that right? Shut up. With all this, we're going to die out here stuff. Stop fearing. That's your part. Can you do that? Yes, you can, if you will. And be quiet. Stop all this talk, this disrespectful, unthankful talk. Stop that. And do what? Relax. We studied last week about how you know, the third chapter we just read in Hebrews, it flows into the fourth, and it said, We which have believed do enter into rest. Hallelujah. And how that when King Hezekiah exhorted the people and said, uh, There's more with us than, than are with them. Uh, trust in the Lord your God. He's going to fight for you. He's going to save you, you know. And the Bible said the people rested themselves on the words. Said out loud, I'm resting on the words that the Lord told me. I rest on his infallible words. Hallelujah. I rest. You breathe a sigh of relief. Are we going to have enough? Will we be able to pay our bills? Are we going to be able to come out of this? He said that he meets all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What do you say? Whew, okay. Praise God. I'm going to rest in that. That's my part. I got to stop being afraid. Resist that fear. I got to be quiet from all this unbelieving junk. And I got to rest. And once, once I do believe, we which have believed do enter into rest. You do. The act of trusting ushers your soul into peace. Oh, come on, can you see this? The act, the, the choice. To actively trust and rely on what your good God said is going to happen. Man, the stress comes off. The fear has to stay away. You've rebuked it. The stress lifts off your shoulders and your being. And people who don't know, they'll look at you and go, Would you look at that poor dear? Don't have enough sense to know what a mess they're in. <laughs> Do they not know their situation? And the thing is, they don't know the, the situation because there's more with us than there are with them. Come on, can you see that? And you relax in that. And what do you say? Uh, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, what does that do? Quit being afraid. Be quiet with all that. Calm down and watch God move. Watch him move. Was he about to move? Yeah. Oh, man, we, we've been talking about it for generations, how that the sea opened up and then, and our time's up again. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
As you can see, these things are real, and you and I, by the grace of God, are rising above it. We'll see you next time back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.